0: you are locked on kentucky your daily kentucky wildcats podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hey this is dan reefer with locked on kentucky uh we've got a little issue here to uh to tell you about uh last time we talked to you was new year's eve Uh, we did it we recorded something new year's eve right before um I guess it was before the stroke of midnight that we recorded it, uh, probably about quarter till midnight. And so you were able to hear that on New Year's Day. And then on New Year's Day, uh, we were traveling and, um, and different things. So because it was a national holiday and we had stuff going on, we wound up not doing one on New Year's Day that you would have been able to listen to on January 2nd. And then finally, we planned on recording one for Friday to preview the Missouri game, uh, but... something happened with my back. It all of a sudden just like locked up on me and got the muscles just cramped up. I could barely, I could barely like get up and down, walk, do anything. I couldn't even do my uh, TV show that I normally do on Friday night with Fox 56. Uh, So because of all that, I wound up taking some muscle relaxers to try to help with that. Completely knocked out. Didn't wake up until maybe like 2 in the morning, and by that time, you know, it was too late with Kyle to to record a podcast. So I missed our window to do something there. So that's why we didn't have one last week. And then I'm telling you now that Kyle is not on here at the moment because there's another funny issue that has happened, but will be resolved on Monday. We'll get this thing resolved, and we promise we'll have a full 30-minute Thirty-minute locked-on Kentucky podcast for you on Monday. But this this thing is is uh, one of the one of the things that the um, I don't know what you call it the service I use that we use to record these podcasts uh, is a service that's based out of Ontario. Uh, it's a really good application. It does, does a great job. We record this podcast using this uh, every time. But in order to do it, uh, you have to have a subscription, which I do, and the monthly subscription. Uh, The first time that it tried to hit my bank account, uh, it declined my card and my bank sent me a text saying, Fraud alert, was this you? I said, yeah, it was me. Problem fixed, no problem. Well, this time I got that fraud alert uh, over the weekend. So I got it on Saturday. And again, this is the second straight month that my bank's like, hey, is this you? I already said it was me. and I guess because it's out of Ontario, that it's in another country or something, it's literally 10 bucks folks uh, my bank's going hey did you spend this ten dollars in ontario <laughs> i get that they're trying to protect me uh, but <laughs> i already said yeah once so now uh, the whole point is is that there is all of 12 minutes remaining for us to do a podcast on my on my last month's subscription so if it it reups, i get you know the more time that we need to actually record a 30-minute daily podcast. And so since my bank thinks it's a fraud and since it's the weekend is my guess, even though I've responded and said, yes, I did pay for this, uh, my bank can't do anything about it because it's the weekend. So on Monday, I guess they'll be able to resolve it and all will be well. And like even this company has emailed me and said, hey, we tried to do your, you know, run your card. Your, your bank's uh, denying it. Fraud protection is nice. I mean, to have your identity stolen is just the worst. I mean, it's—I do not want that to happen. But at the same time, we got a precedent here. Hey, uh, this this company charged my card for ten bucks. You asked me if it was a scam. I said no. That was in December. Now it's January. Same thing happened. Ten bucks. Is it a scam? I already—we already went through this. We already did this dance. So, anyway, that's the issue. That's why you are not getting Kyle and I's take on the win over Missouri or, or anything else Kentucky uh, basketball related on this particular episode because it's a super short episode. Because uh, as I'm talking to you, I have eight minutes remaining uh, to speak. But obviously, uh, just real quick, Nick Richards was huge. I mean, that was um, it, for him to back up what he did at Louisville against Louisville the very next week to begin SEC play uh, and to take on the challenge of Missouri's big men, which Conzo Martin, the Tigers head coach said was their MO, like whoever wins this game in the paint, whichever's bigs play better. So that was their whole thing. And I think the biggest thing to come out of not only uh, Nick's back-to-back performances is that it was a, another way to learn. Like he learned, as Calipari pointed out afterward, that if if you're having that kind of game, why would you allow someone from the other team who's not having that kind of game, or or Cal went as far as to say, why would you let another team put a bad player in against you or something like that, to get under your skin and then force you to foul out of the game, get a technical. I mean, Nick Richards had zero fouls at halftime. He picks up five in the second half, and one of them was the double technical, which was nonsense, by the way. I've got video uh, from TV camera that was there on the floor that was maybe five feet away from it. There's no way Nick Richards should have been given a technical foul or the other guy. Tillman shouldn't have gotten one either. I don't even know if Tillman spoke. You could barely see his lips even move. and There's no way. It just shouldn't have happened. Regardless, the lesson learned is – You know opponents watching this game, if they send in a, you know, guy they're not worried about fouling out to mess with you, and and Calipari said because he's not been this guy before, which is right. He's not been this. He's not done this and been this guy for the team, so he can't show the weakness that uh, you can get to him and allow him, you know, to be fouled out to get under his skin and allow him to get into a, you know, verbal back and forth for for long stretches of the game for this to be an issue. So lesson learned there. And then how about Emmanuel quickly? I mean, second straight game of a uh, career high. And Nate Sestina said afterward like at the end of their practices, they do this drill where it's in transition, knock down a three. It's after he he specifically said this is after we've practiced the, the whole practice, your legs are tired, everybody's tired. Um it's it's winding down. And Emmanuel quickly goes down and hits 15 straight on these. You just do this drill over and over again in transition, stop, pop a three. And Emmanuel quickly is the most consistent uh, over and over in practice at doing this. And Sestina said, that's why we have all the confidence in the world to go to him uh, at any time for a three, but especially at the end of games when everybody is tired. Uh, so I thought that was interesting to hear that he's uh, quickly has become the best three-point shooter. Sestina has the better percentage-wise, but... Um, with him being out, he missed so much time there that he didn't have a chance to make as many threes. But 18 threes is what quickly has now. It's 34%. That's not great. Uh, but he has hit six of his last 14 now. Four of eight against Missouri. That's pretty good. Someone you could depend on. And then I know Kyle uh, wrote an article in The Athletic uh, about just what <laughs> what would have happened had they lost Ashton Higgins. And I think we all know the answer to that. Had that not been... Um, you know, had that been a bigger deal, which I'm sure if you, you saw it, but, but, you know, he grabs the left heel and he looks like he just grabs it out of nowhere. Like he's, you know, shot with a BB or a pellet in the, in the heel and he just grabs it. So immediately you think Achilles, thank goodness it wasn't, it wasn't even a high ankle sprain. It was just a low ankle sprain. Calipari said 18 hours away will be fine. Calipari did note though, that maybe we don't have him for Georgia. Who knows? Maybe. We're going to find out more about that on Monday. Calipari talks around noon or so. I'm sure we'll have an update on that. Quickly also, by the way, looked like he dislocated his thumb. He's fine. Calipari said after we got x-rays, but quickly said he's fine. No big deal there. Don't have to worry about it. But, yeah, think about it. If Kentucky does not have uh, Ashton Hagans uh, just because of this low ankle sprain, if it doesn't heal quickly enough, huh, I mean – you don't see them winning, Kentucky winning that game against Georgia now, do you? I mean, Georgia's coming off a big win over Memphis, but they're going to be at home, and Tom Crean's going to be preaching, "Hey, don't let the Memphis win uh, get in your head about this Kentucky team that's coming in here. Let's see, we got another opportunity. They're going to be they're going to be loaded for bear. They'll be ready to go. Tom Crean knows he's played um, John Calipari plenty of times, but uh, it. I don't know it, just the fears were not realized thank goodness but yes everyone was holding their collective breaths on the team and then um even for Hagen's and the style he plays to tear an Achilles and have to come back from that injury with uh, the way he plays what he relies on you know his quickness and uh, shiftiness and lateral quickness uh, it would just been oh just awful thankfully it's not but uh, i know kyle had an article on that so we'll preview the georgia game we'll be able to talk about uh, discuss what calipari said in his pre-georgia uh, meeting with the media on monday uh, and get in that a little bit i will tell you one thing about georgia uh, that was big they've got a dude named ray sean hammonds and against memphis he had 15 points and 12 rebounds so that's gonna be another battle with nick richards uh, and the Anthony Edwards was not very good. He was 4 of 17, uh, but he still you know, he did some other things that were good. He got rebounds, he, he got assists, he got steals. Um, but shooting-wise, 4 of 17, still wound up with 13 points, but still he's a playmaker. Uh, he's definitely their best player. The biggest uh, takeaway I heard from that Georgia game was this stat right here. Last season, Georgia was 0-6 in games decided by four points or less. That game against Memphis had 10 ties and 20 lead changes think about that. and 6 last season in games decided by four points or less. This season, Georgia is already 4 and 0 in those same situations this season. So that, you know, tells you a little bit about how they've been able to learn to win finish as Calipari says. Okay, so my time is about up with this uh, 12 minutes that I have left on my subscription. Hopefully this has all worked out and I can just, you know, talk to my bank in person and say, "Hey, don't deny this charge. From now on, going forward, it's going to be a monthly thing. Remember that, please. All right. Well, thanks for um, indulging me for these uh, brief 12 minutes here. And Kyle will be back with me uh, for a Locked on Kentucky podcast Monday, sometime Monday that we'll put out. It'll definitely be available for you Tuesday morning, if not late Monday night. Uh, Thanks for listening again. Sorry about these issues, but uh, we'll be back to Getting to you regularly, Monday through Friday, uh, coming, coming tomorrow. So thanks for listening. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.